0: Hello there, and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. You have reached episode number 327, which is episode eight in our Thinking the Unthinkable series. And this episode is entitled, Is Open Source a Liability? It was published on Thursday, the 18th of May, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few moments by David Wormsley so that we can have our chat. But before then, a few bits of housekeeping. If you're into what WP Builds produce, why not subscribe? You can do that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and you can find all of our social channels plus a couple of forms which you can use. And if you do that, We will send you an email when we produce some new content. If you feel like giving WP builds a bit of a leg up, head over to your podcast player of choice, whatever platform you're on, Apple, Spotify, and give us a review, we'd really appreciate that. The other thing to mention is that at the moment I'm doing a webinar series with Mark Westgard from WS Form. You're able to find information about that, but typically it's going to be on a Wednesday at 3 pm UK time. We're joined live by Mark, and he's showing us increasingly complicated uses of his fabulous WS Form plugin. We'd love it if you came and joined us in the comments. Go to the WPBuilds.com homepage, scroll down a little bit, and there'll be information about the next show. But as I say, it's on a Wednesday. The last thing to mention is our deals page. I say it every week. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the year, significant coupon discount codes for WordPress products. Go and check it out. You never know. Search and filter. You may find something of interest to you. The WP Builds Podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Once more, go dot me forward slash wp builds and sincere, heartfelt thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, right at the top, I said that this show was all about open source being a liability. What do you think? Is it a good idea to base your entire business on? freely available software. The problem is you don't really have any way of phoning home. If there's a problem, you just have to hope that somebody somewhere is going to fix it. In our case, we're using WordPress. It seems to be extremely well-maintained. But what about all of the other bits and pieces that your websites are relying on? Linux, Nginx, Apache, all of the different things. We talk about some notable incidents in the past where governments around the world got incredibly worried because they couldn't pick up the bat phone when things like Log4j went haywire a little while ago. So there's lots to talk about. Is it a potential risk? How do you explain it to your clients? What are you all doing with open source? I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, on this eighth episode
1: of Thinking the Unthinkable, we're asking, is open source a liability? Nathan, you really kicked this one off by telling me a story from a couple of years ago about um, something that was a zero-day attack called
0: log4shell. Yes. This. Um, hmm. I've got to say that we're probably straying into areas, in fact, we certainly are straying into areas, that I really don't understand, in that <laughs> I don't really know what that does but it (laughs) would appear that whatever that is log4j this java logging library of apache that it's a a truly crucial piece of server-side architecture and yet there was a problem with it it was running a significant proportion of sites on the internet But when the problem was discovered, everybody was running around sort of Chicken Little style. You know, the sky is falling in Mm. because apparently that project was being maintained, I'm going to say by an individual. I probably should have read up more about it. But it was certainly being maintained by a very tiny proportion of people. And yet the whole thing was utterly critical. And you've managed to find this perfect picture to (laughs) describe it. But so imagine a... Imagine a castle built out of a variety of different Lego blocks. Um, and But more or less all of the castle is being held up by this one tiny Lego block, which is kind of sitting on its side. It's not properly embedded into the ground. And if you just knock that one tiny block out, then the entire edifice above it crumbles. <laughs> and that's yeah. exactly what was going on. So the internet was being maintained in this case, by one individual and things go wrong. How do you find that individual? How do you compel that individual to fix the broken thing, which is causing angst and anguish all over the internet? And the short answer is you don't, you just (laughs) hope. It was just, yeah, it was one of those kind of uh, Mr. President, we've got situation
1: kind of things, one of the really big uh, news for, I mean, I, I actually missed it. It was only you telling me about it, but I mean, it had the ability to really bring down, you know, key players like Cloudflare and Microsoft didn't it? and some of their big products and stuff. Um, I mean, it was fixed and everybody just moves on with their lives, but, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good lead into this, you know, how much do we depend on open source? And of course we do. Because yeah. that's what WordPress is, and and not only WordPress, it's really everything that uh, WordPress depends on itself: the Lamp Stack, Linux, Apache, PHP, MySQL, all uh, open source
0: projects. Yeah, and it, you kind of forget that all of that is going on in the background. I mean, I don't mean you forget it, but you forget mm. that that it's that it's created, that it's written, almost to the point where you just think, well, that's a. That's like a natural resource. It's just like water flowing down a river. It's, it's there. It's always been there. It's available for everybody. You kind of forget that there's real humans donating yeah. significant amounts of their own time for free to make this stuff happen. But yeah. if you if you work in a corporate environment, let's say, I don't know, you're working for Microsoft or something like that, presumably there's a hierarchy of people above you who get to tell you what to do with your time. So if something is broken... Then okay, we need a patch for this. We've discovered a vulnerability, and we'll release it in the next patch Tuesday for Windows. Right? You, 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 and you go and fix it, and come back to me when it's done. In the open source world, it really isn't like that, is it? You know, you, mm. you just point into thin air and say, "Who who can fix this? We don't know. Uh, anybody? Anybody? Bueller, Anybody got any time? <laughs> um, anybody got any access to these projects?" So it's it's really interesting, but. But I think I do think that the whole open source thing, I just take most of it for granted, assume it's yeah. gonna work, assume it's up to date, assume that I'm allowed to use it for ever and ever and ever without mentioning anybody or praising anybody or donating any money or time. And yeah. in a sense, that's the whole that's the way it's been built, but it's not necessarily bulletproof.
1: No. And I, I think, you know, I've seen Changes in the time that I've been with WordPress. So one of the key things that I did was make this kind of membership thing for my staff while I was working for the government, and they weren't very pleased about it. But then they made their own. But of course, when we're talking then back in those days, they uh, there was no way that a government department was going to use WordPress at all. You know that was simply not on. They had to use their own content management system where they were paying someone for it. Um, But you know, as I moved forward, and I guess people like Google putting out things like, you know, supporting things like Android, it became accepted, you know, that there were big players behind this and obviously WordPress increased. And I I noticed that difference in certain clients. So I was talking to somebody about, uh, you know, a theater site, which I'm pretty sure in the past, um, would have said, you know, WordPress, no way, you know, but now we're saying, well, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's what everybody's using. And and I think, you know, perceptions have changed. And I think, again, with this incident that happened a couple of years ago, it probably made a lot of people question that again, just going, oh, have we got a little bit too relaxed with it?
0: So just going back to your government job there, yeah. you were mentioning that WordPress or or open source in general would have been out of the remit in other words there were there were rules and regulations precluding open source mm. whereas if you went to a, a private company and they had their own CMS that was possibly yep. acceptable was it simply because there was a if you like there was a bat phone that you could pick up and enforce somebody to fix something if you discovered a problem was it was it around that? Honestly, I don't know because mm. I, you know, I didn't have that level to understand
1: their decision making. And obviously they had a deal already with the people who were supplying their content management system. But the, the implication of the conversations was like, you know, you couldn't, we couldn't just use any system outside apart from one that we got some kind of deal where the liabilities have been set, you know, on that, you know, what they're responsible for. So. Yeah, I think, but I, I imagine, I, I don't know, because I left, and uh, but I imagine that was probably more relaxed later. Um, uh, yeah, it, it kind of
0: feels way. like in the last period of time, and I don't really know what that is, but let's say the last decade, as if yeah. there has been an inexorable move towards open source being acceptable, yeah. especially in government. I remember watching... Well, it's probably listening to the news on the radio not that long ago, where they were talking about open source software in schools, because I think the the thinking was that really a large amount of money had been spent in the Microsoft pot, getting every computer um, to to run Windows, and whilst I am sure they got preferential licenses because they're educational mm. establishments, still the the amount of money spent every year giving Microsoft money so that their products would work, where schools is not really mission critical. I don't mean that, uh, you know, that couldn't sound awful, but do you know what I mean? If, if the particular thing on a school computer breaks, you know, we're not in a real terrible crisis. So things like using OpenOffice instead of the, mm. the Microsoft Office suite, using things like Linux instead of, microsoft windows now i don't know if that all happened but it was interesting that that conversation was going on in the open but i don't know if it was from a philosophical point of view or simply penny pinching you know we can save a ton (laughs) of money and there are these open source alternatives so let's do that because it's going to save the you know the the the, the whole state, a ton of money paying to, paying out to Microsoft. I don't know if that was the prime motive, or if it was more of a philosophical position of actually, why not? Let's advance open source. I doubt it was that. It feels like it would have been more about money.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, really. I mean, that's why we kind of have the the peaks and troughs in in just uh, kind of anything in life with with growth and stuff and and economies, you know, because we we all get perhaps more comfortable with something at the point when it's probably the most risky, you know, we reach the peak and then something happens. And I think that's what's happened with our trust in open source, you know, it's varied. I'm I'm certainly in that situation where I've now become more risk averse. So I'm really looking and I guess this is what all this is about. Open source seems a wonderful thing bringing all these people together, but you it's down to you then to risk assess your dependency on them Uh, yeah
0: yeah and I guess you you run the risk of trusting somebody with a critical piece of in in our case your website who really isn't able to maintain that so they they release it it's GPL but they don't have the time to maintain it a bit like this log 4j thing they don't have yeah. the time to maintain it. They don't have the interest to maintain it. You know, they just did it. They put something out there possibly because they built it for themselves. And then they thought, well, why not just let everybody have a have a go at it? But they're not intending to keep it going. And you see this all the time in WordPress, don't you? Plugins which haven't been updated for years and so get flagged. I mean, maybe there's nothing wrong with them, but just the yeah. fact that it hasn't been updated for ages. And if you're building your websites or your client websites on top of that, that does raise questions but I'm, I'm not sure that that conversation often happens I think the conversation between clients and website builders is more oh it's free you know there's all these great <laughs> plugins and yeah. it's totally free yeah. and the client's like oh great it's going to cost me less um, yeah but then the whole commercial side of it so plugins which you pay for they're still GPL you can if you wish go and find them in other less well nefarious ways shall we say and yeah. download them and that's completely legitimate but I guess the argument has always been well if you pay for it you're going to get support and updates. Hmm. Yeah that's kind of an interesting take on open source isn't it?
1: Yeah. I, I mean I look back really on you know 16 plus years of using WordPress and that's you know Linux Apache PHP MySQL the WordPress core and a whole bunch of plugins and I, and I look back on this and I think I've literally really had so few problems, only minor little problems. Everything's run quite smoothly on this. But then I'm reminded by a, somebody who's a potential client and I looked at their site recently and they, they're kind of stuck with one of those problems because they, can't, they haven't updated their plugins and some of them have reached the end of life because of the change with um, Gutenberg. And you know they could have adjusted over time, but now they're stuck in this place where they can't update for security and they can't really update which they'll need to do soon, to the next PHP version. So they're stuck on PHP 7.4, which ended its life last year, and will stop running security uh, patches during this year. So, And I suddenly think, wow, yeah, that's probably more like your average user. Uh, I'm... I've taken on the responsibilities because I kind of moved along with everything, and it's not seem It seems problem-free. I've moved along with my PHP versions. I've updated my uh, my SQL uh, as I needed to go along, and not seen any issue. But yeah, for them, you know, running on a on a Lamp stack with WordPress turned out to be quite a liability.
0: It's quite interesting, isn't it, how the open source pr- well, projects, not just WordPress, but I think Mm. WordPress particularly, how there's definitely this clear definition between the commercial side of it and the pure open source side of it. So as an example, if you take Linux, so Linux, an, an operating system, is completely open. You can download it and modify it, and there's a whole bunch of variations. And yet, on top of that, you've got incredibly successful companies like Red Hat and a whole bunch yeah. of other ones who have made it their mission to to bring that to the enterprise so it's going to be cheaper than buying a proprietary license but still they're going to make money and yeah. and in that way they can then contribute back and make that project secure and successful and so on and the same is true in in wordpress if you think about it i wonder how wordpress could even exist if it weren't for the stewardship of let's say automatic yeah. So, Automatic, as you probably know, is a, a business and it's run mm-hmm. by, um, you know, it, it's Matt Mullenweg's company and it's run, it's a for-profit, it employs lots of people. Many of those people, because it's successful, can then contribute time back and, you know, there's a whole load of politics around that, but never mind. But my point being would wordpress even survive if there wasn't a commercial profitable wing keeping yeah. it going and i don't i don't know what the answer to that is <laughs> i don't and you know um Yeah, I I think
1: it probably is true. I mean, without that, without I mean, effectively, WordPress.com is a hosting company, isn't it? And and the money that it makes goes back into the main project and keeps it alive. And that's where we're at, I think, with it. and I, I don't think it would be a success without that. Um, I don't know, but when you look at it, the other big successes, and that's why, if you like, big commercial companies have jumped on the whole idea of open source is because it's the way to bring people to them.
0: You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 ratio is of contributions into WordPress core. There's probably a way of finding this out, and maybe I should have done that before this episode. But I don't know what the the ratio of pure volunteerism is into, let's say WordPress core as against contributed, um, sponsored contributions. So let's say, I don't know, a hosting company who puts forward five employees for 10 hours a month or what have you. I don't know what that ratio is. And obviously that would be, that would be important to know.
1: Yeah. And I was talking earlier to you about the fact, something that never really triggered in me before, but you, you kind of realize why not, only automatic as uh, would want to invest more in uh, employing people to help if you like the open source project but also why many hosting companies might want to also uh, buy up plugins and stuff to have their own suite because as it is effectively a way of getting in people for a hosting business you know you want something which is going to attract the customers that are out there the diy is particularly looking to be able to do it themselves so it kind of makes a lot of sense the direction that we've gone to me, or has only just done that recently for me. When I've kind of thought, what is the motivation for so many people acquiring plugins, particularly from hosting companies?
0: Do you want to develop that a little bit more? Because you sort of said quite a bit more than that when we were talking before. But it maybe you want to keep that to yourself. I don't know. <laughs> I think you'll just come. Up. It was just a revelation, really. I so was what was the
1: motivation of so many hosting companies buying uh, these? Uh, if you like, their own page builders on the Gutenberg project. And you just think, well, Automatic, probably for its own reasons, needs to make sure that WordPress becomes the sort of modern, more Wix-like platform, if you like, that's able to bring in people so everybody can publish. So it needs to do that so it's investing its own money. But when you think about it, why are all the other hosting companies? Because they're in the same situation because of this massive move to Uh, edge hosting or serverless hosting (laughs) which could mean if everybody goes that way we won't need this lamp stack that everybody's required for so long to do dynamic work so they're under threat so you know this is an alternative so i i suddenly realized to myself that that might be the motivation for hosting companies they did really well in the early days of hosting when you know most people who wanted to get online couldn't maintain their own server in-house so they could grab a lot of people but in those days we needed a dynamic system that ran on something like a lamp stack and now that's been challenged a little bit as we go to this um, static site generation stuff javascript being able to do more the ability now to potentially skip servers altogether
0: yeah it'd be interesting to revisit this in a year's time or 2 mm. years time and see whether that debate is is has been moved on because yeah. it does feel at the minute that like there is a bit of a groundswell of certainly amongst the more technical users of wordpress there's a lot of interest in different ways of hosting your website and flattening yeah. and headless and all of those are definitely becoming more and more popular i guess there's a there's a technical burden there isn't there there's a little bit of learning to be undertaken there's a new set of tools that need to be adopted and Um, But it does feel like it's becoming easier and easier and those tools are becoming more and more accessible. And Mm. it feels like that's a real growth area, flattened websites, headless websites.
1: I know, and I don't think anything will ever, you know, because there's always going to be people going to up their game. So as you can see already, you know, there are there's interest automatically putting some money into how you might be able to have kind of serverless WordPress working in your browser and stuff. So it easily could go the same direction as well. So who knows? But you can see there is a, a clear challenge and it makes much more sense to me why a lot of hosting companies want to buy Uh, a lot of these plugins and make a suite up that will run on WordPress because it's just another way of attracting people. Yeah, it'd be interesting
0: Um, to sit inside the boardrooms of some of those big hosting companies and see what their their thoughts are on the five-year plan and whether this is, in fact, figuring into it. Hey, there's
1: something that you mentioned to me which I thought was the greatest thing that you said about this topic when that was you asked the question is html and css open source because that yeah, really changes
0: everything that's yeah. so weird that i've never even thought about that i, don't, I it, it just it's there it's been there forever you can use <laughs> html you can use yeah. css all you need to do is find tutorials but i don't really have much insight into how those projects are Created? Who gets to commit to them? Who decides? I mean, I know it's the, and I always get this wrong, W3C, is that right? Or yeah. is it the WC3? I can never get that. Um, who decides all of this stuff? And is it open source? And and if it is open source, what does that even mean in this context? <laughs> I know, it's really... Um... So, I mean, we Googled
1: it and um, I'm not sure if we got a clear answer. Uh, there were certainly people saying, yes, it is open source. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's an organ- I mean, it's still headed by Tim Berners-Lee, the creator of the World Wide Web. So it is uh, World Wide Web. Uh, so the W3 Consortium, is this? It? It. So it's it. a World Wide Web Consortium and it's still founded by him. And You know, I guess I don't know how it is run, how the board is run, but of course it has to run. And another thing that was significant for the web was the first open source browsers, which is the way forward. And now those who run those open source browsers now have to kind of work with the W3C, don't they, to move forward how the web will go. So they have a say in, you know, because obviously there's no point in coming up with new ways to do clever stuff with CSS if the browsers aren't going to support them. Yeah. And we've we've moved into a new era where for the first time in the last year or so,
0: browsers have decided to work together rather than compete with each other. This is singularly uh, the best thing that ever happened to the internet. Just you yeah. and I can both remember back in the day where... Microsoft had their browser and along came Mozilla and had an open source browser and that for a period was the mm. in the ascendancy. And then Google came and quickly dominated with their open source Chromium or Chrome browser. And what a change that made, not having to worry about, well, if they've got a subset of users using this particular version of this particular browser, we have to inject this little bit of code yeah. to, to patch that and put a little band aid over it. Um, all of that that's so great and that really does speak to the power of open source and and yeah the trust that's been put in it
1: yeah but it does make you wonder i mean you know i was talking about liabilities is probably the key thing or dependencies that you build on it i mean we are absolutely dependent on the w3c and uh, i have no clue about uh you know Who holds any responsibility for the future of HTML and CSS? Yeah. JavaScript itself, you know, absolutely none at all. I've just put my trust in it.
0: Yeah, the same would be basic things like DNS, you know. I don't really have any understanding of who governs all of that. I I know that they meet occasionally in a room and exchange keys and things like that. But beyond that, I have no idea. (laughs) Who decides all of that stuff? And um, it just seems to get better, though. I don't really remember any debate or maybe I'm wrong, maybe there was, but I don't seem to remember any debate about people getting all het up and worried about, well, they're going to include this in the CSS spec. They're going to add this thing. It's going to be the end of the world. It always seems to be a a case of, oh, they're going to add this thing. Oh, that's great. Look, we get to do this new thing like clamp or something like that. Brilliant. We've got a new thing. Never, oh, why do they keep bloating CSS? It's funny how that is
1: yeah absolutely i mean we have seen a a massive change i mean i think in some ways i mean i in some ways i see the open source of the the wordpress as more of a liability than i have before because it's trying to stay relevant and so that makes it a little bit unstable for me and the type of work i do um and also because of the challenge that's coming to that traditional lamp stack the fact that those who have always been critical of um, Apache and how these kind of systems work have, have helped to develop this way of being able to use JavaScript to do dynamic stuff in the user's browser. And that's clearly going to be the way forward. So there is going to have to be a shift in that way with the kind of edge. Um, so in some ways, a lot of the open source I knew or what I what I think of as open source has become more of a liability. But Literally, everything I do to escape those kind of dependencies uh, leads me back to open source.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. If we take the subject of this particular episode, which is, uh, is open source a liability? I've just had a thought. Is our job basically to stand between the open source and the client? So uh-huh. the open source is great for us because we get this free suite of tools in every regard. You know, HTML, yeah. CSS, DNS, Lamp Stack, and in this case, WordPress. We put all of that. It's this great big heap of open source. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially, what what our job is to do is to stand, is to understand that and give our clients an experience, which means they don't have to care. About the open source, you know, you <laughs> yes. are basically insulating. If something goes wrong with WordPress, it's your job to understand that and get it fixed. If something goes wrong with the server, you're probably by proxy paying somebody to understand that and mm. fix it on your behalf. If something goes wrong with DNS, well, we're all screwed. So <laughs> you can <laughs> probably just forget about that one. But th- this is our job: is to consume these free tools offer them up to the client and stand as the guardian to fix things when they go wrong and to understand when things go wrong, to be abreast of the news in the open source communities, the WordPress news and, you know, all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that is quite interesting is that we're deprecating stuff. So when you rely on it, you're you're hoping that it's going to work forever. But obviously everything has to develop. But one thing that when you come to HTML and CSS, a few... They have deprecated, certainly um, when we've gone to HTML 4 to 5, there were yeah. some things yeah. that were clearly yeah. deprecated there. But have you ever seen these not work in browsers?
0: They all seem um, to work forever. No, no, there's all sorts of things that have been deprecated over the years. I'm actually struggling to think of anything, but, um, you know. so uh, bold, exa- strong instead of a bold. Yes, that's consumer. a perfect example. And yet, doesn't it, doesn't it break with that in mind? In other words... Look, it's better if you stop using that tag. But for now, at least anyway, we're just going to honor it because it would be insane to break Mm. 100% of the websites out there. But hopefully Mm. over time, those websites will be re-engineered, rebuilt a few years later to the point where everybody knows. But I've not really seen any of those things being switched off. In other words, that tag no longer works. It will literally do nothing. It feels like it's more a question of, well, we've got this better thing. But we'll we'll deprecate it, I guess, elegantly might be a good way of describing it. Yeah, I I yeah. can't think of a single example where I've seen things break as a result.
1: Yeah. I mean I think my stack at the moment is a very nice one. Going to the static route for clients that can be static, you know, using WordPress, it's building helping me to build the sites, which turn into HTML, but You know, I can also do it through VS Code, again, another open source project with GitHub, yet another open source project. And with these tools, I feel like I've escaped pretty much all the dependencies but when you really think about yes, it yes i going to say
0: <laughs> i haven't at all yeah you've just got uh, a different set of dependencies and the curious thing is is that because you're because you've been in the wordpress space for so long and you've really d- dug deeply into that community all of the weirdness and the disagreements and the controversies yeah. they're are aw- available to you you know them all but yeah. you probably don't know that there's a ton of people in the GitHub community. I'm just making this up, by the way. Well, there, there know, is, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Who, who just disagree. And there'll be politics there, and there'll be politics everywhere. But you're just not aware of it. So it seems like, oh, this <laughs> exactly. is pure. This is, GitHub is pure. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's arguing with that. But dig deep enough. And I suspect, like everything else, because it's adapting, because it's changing, because it's morphing, and there's probably no, well, there might be an individual in charge, you know, I'm thinking of Linus in terms of GitHub. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there'll be debates and there'll be confusion and there'll be angst and all of that everywhere, I would have thought. And you just have to swap the WordPress controversies for other controversies. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly if GitHub is yanked from me, uh, that causes a real problem. It doesn't, you know, it means that everything I've done still lives on because it's static and and can be dumped on any server, really, or just... Used in the browser locally, so in some ways, I've removed a whole bunch of them. But still, how I would run the business is still going to be impeded greatly.
0: Yeah, I mean, truly, if you were to build a a dependency free website, you really are inside yeah. of a of an open source text editor like something like Notepad plus plus on Windows, and you're yeah. writing absolutely everything <laughs> yourself. You're not dependent yeah. upon any JavaScript libraries. You're not dependent on anything else. It's just it's just HTML, CSS, and your own bespoke JavaScript, and you're going to upload that to a server somewhere, and you're going to maintain it, and it's going to be hell. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, though, about that. That is our job uh, to kind of
1: protect, if you like, clients who come to us from the, the open source. And I think that runs into something which we didn't talk about, which is other liabilities when you join a platform, GDPR, accessibility, things like that. Debates we've had in WordPress about, uh, you know, should everyone be forced to um, take their Google fonts out of their themes, you know, that are tapping into Google's own API, you know, because of cases and all of that sort of stuff. But really, I guess that is our job, isn't it, to do that. And if clients do it themselves, they take that responsibility on.
0: I don't really know truly what the the definition of something being absolutely open source is, but it feels like you you can download a copy of it. You can then modify it, and you can then, with, I guess, some level of attribution, you can then use that in whichever way you see fit. How do you feel that WordPress itself stacks up in that? Because... We do have the whole benevolent dictator for life model. We've got Matt who makes a lot of these decisions and it is open source. You can download it. You can fork it. Classic press was an example, which seems to be limited in terms of its shelf life going forward. I could be wrong about that. Maybe I am, but how how do you feel about the, the the true open source nature of WordPress itself?
1: Mm, I think, you know, they've, Definitely been played up the four freedoms of GPL and um, WordPress's, you know, role in that, which is significant. But I do feel at the moment, because it's become such a complex system, it's a little bit more marketing because realistically, you're not going to take away the modern WordPress and manage it yourself. You know, it's, it's already got kind of four thousand issues against it on you know the project and and something close to a thousand bugs at any point so i mean you would have to be quite a huge organization to really say i'm going to take wordpress as as even you know earlier than that as the classic press tried to do and they've not really been able to kind of bring that together and and do a fork of it so yeah so i think the four freedoms there uh i mean it's kind of a it's a philosophical stance, isn't it? It's a. It's, I mean, I think both you and I like the idea of open source. It seems a, a kind of honest thing, but it, in practical terms, I don't think it's there isn't a freedom there.
0: Yeah, I guess software gets gets. There's some critical moment where the seesaw tips, where mm. it's just impractical for it mm. to be forkable, and and mm. obviously you can, but well, hang on, let me let me rewind that. You can fork it whenever you like. Nobody's saying you can't. But in order for mm. it to function in the normal way that most people use it for, there's there's just some sort of weight pushing you. There's the gravity dragging you back to the, in inverted commas, the official repository um, because there's just too many things, too many lines of code, too much to inspect and all of that kind of thing. I, I guess mm. that's the case with WordPress. You, you really are going to struggle unless you've got a very, very big and dedicated team. You're going to struggle to fork WordPress and use it reliably over time. And I guess that's just the nature of open source. At some point, people coalesce on a version of it, a yeah. uh, you know, a company that's maintaining it, a uh, yeah a repository of it and that's the official version so we go to wordpress.org to download wordpress most of us don't go to classic press to download wordpress mm.
1: and i think because of you know how you can't do this it's the same as the client i mentioned earlier a potential client who's stuck on the php uh, 7.4 because it's all dependent on another open source project which also I think maybe is speeding up on the how how quickly it kind of updates to remain relevant itself so you know you take it off and then you're really going to have to work with all of that code to see what's going to you know what's deprecated in the new version because you're going to need to update because PHP isn't going to keep patching for security after a certain point so Yeah, yeah. I, I think in that sense, that kind of freedom is—it's kind of a commitment, I guess, to sharing the code with other people to contribute. But in terms of anybody saying, "I can take this and make my own," it's not—not not practical, is it?
0: No. Yeah, that's a good point. Right at the bottom of this list of things that we were going to talk about today is, um, what open source stuff do we use? I'm curious to know <laughs> what's on your, what's on your computer, or what do you use.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, that's a really good question. And well, I guess there's lots. Isn't Notepad++, uh, uh, is that, that's the first thing I just looked at? Don't I, even think it, that's open I think source. it is,
0: but I could be wrong about that. Um, I've got a feeling I don't use Windows anymore, um, okay. but I remember in the day I could just simply download it. That's not to say it's open source, but I remember that I could just freely download it and use it. So that's that's where I'm getting yeah. that from. So this note, note, plus, plus, plus I'm going through all my
1: icons here. Uh, we also have for my media, I have VLC. Oh yeah, media me Play. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think just most people have that. I also have FileZilla for my FTP. I also have Audacity for any audio recording, and that's it. I have a few other things here that are buried away. Um, such I have a, ter- a terrible... I'm going to have to find another one. There isn't a good open source software for us Windows uh, users that does um, photos because I don't like what Windows does because it tries to upsell
0: you stuff. Oh, right. Okay. Well, you're good, though. You've got loads of stuff. I have definitely got VLC. In fact, I, I make sure that on the Mac, anything which is um, using playback of audio runs through VLC, but I use mm. proprietary software for editing. So I use Logic. So I'm not even mm. using Audacity. Um, the only other things really is I've got, um, I'm using Mastodon. Has it, that's an open mm. source sort of social network. I've got an app called Handbrake, which allows me Ooh. to compress video. Um, me too. To make it, yeah, to take it from a big video to a small video. And then it's browsers. That's all, you know, I've got every variant of every browser. <laughs> yeah. But that's the only open source stuff that I'm using, really. I am I got suckered into the Mac ecosystem. So I'm on the computer at the moment. Um, I got suckered into the Mac ecosystem and I've spent money on more or less everything. And dare I say it, I think in most cases... The, the commercial variants are just easier to use, and because they're easier to use, I'm going to say that they're better. <laughs> I'm going to get
1: shot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, although we, we were
1: touching on what we talked about before, because when we think of open source, we're, we are going back to old school thinking, something that we put on our operating systems. So we were talking about things like Penpot, which is open source, yes. which is that design thing, which is in the browser. So yep. a lot of the open source stuff is stuff that, you know, I guess I use a whole load more. That's the only one I could think of. So Yeah. This, yeah most yeah.
0: things on the internet require, some subscription these days don't they so yeah, it's harder yeah. and harder to find the only other thing which is not my computer but um, you mentioned it earlier but perhaps before we clicked record is I use Android for my yeah. mobile operating system so I've got an Android yeah. phone um, I'm not I know there's some debate about whether Android itself is truly open source it's something to do with whether or not mm. you can commit back to the project and my understanding is that you need to be granted all sorts of Permissions and access in order to do that, but uh, you can download it and fork it. But it's the it's a bit like WordPress. It's so big that I don't suppose anybody apart from major companies like Samsung and what have you are even even able to get into the weeds of doing that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Are we we're near the end? Did we come think to a so. conclusion?
0: Is it is it a liability? What do we say? You know what? I think for critical stuff and your government. I think you could easily argue the case that it's a liability. You know, the fact that your citizens' access to the internet is going down and you have absolutely no way to troubleshoot the stack because as the cartoon that we mentioned too earlier, which I'll put in the show notes, said some random person in Nebraska has been thanklessly maintaining a crucial component of that infrastructure and you don't know what, you know, he's on a camping trip. And is uncontactable. That is a liability. You know, you'd imagine that in the Pentagon and GCHQ in the UK, they want the bat phone. They want to be able to say, <laughs> yeah. "Well, something's gone wrong. Pick up the bat phone, talk to the person, get it fixed at the point of a gum, If you know what I mean, you know, literally, you're in trouble unless you do this now. Um, yeah. I would imagine that that's a, a great argument. But for me, given that not nothing is mission critical, particularly. No, it's not a liability, it's totally the opposite. It's great. Yeah,
1: I've got nothing more to add to that. That's that sums it up. Yeah. It's as much as you allow it to be a liability, really, isn't right, it? Right, right. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we don't know what we're doing next, but we do have written down WordPress is expensive. So maybe Yeah, let's let's do we'll that. We'll probably one, do we? that. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, David. Thank you. Cheers. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. As always, a pleasure chatting to David about this topic. Is open source a liability? What do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Did we miss something out? Head over to the wpbuilds.com website, search for episode number 327 and leave us a comment there. Please join us on Monday for our This Week in WordPress show. We do that live every week, 2pm UK time, and you can leave some comments if you like, and we'll hopefully address those in the show. Also, on Wednesday, we'll be having our chat with Mark, the webinar series about WS Form. Please join us for that as well and leave some comments. Both of those can be found at wpbuilds.com forward slash live at the appropriate time. And we'd really like your participation. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds Podcast. Okay, we will be back next week for a podcast episode. It'll be an interview. Like I said, back on Monday. The primary objective, though, is that you stay safe. Have a good week. Cheesy music fading in. Bye-bye for now.